No. Shall I tell you a story before we begin? You want to listen to this. So, Rob had to be on grandchildren duty. What could possibly go wrong? Could possibly have gone wrong. What could go wrong? So, I'm on my way home last night from Nottingham and Vicky rings me. Everything's all right, she said. Rob's fine. We're all all right. Can you talk? Yeah, I can talk. I thought, whatever's going on here. So she said, um, I just thought I had to tell you. She said, um, I come in tonight, saw Rob. He said, yeah, children were as good as gold. Everything went well. Took him to school in the morning. I checked Molly's bag. And inside Molly's bag was a packed lunchbox. Molly never has a packed lunch. <laughs> Molly stays for hot dinners. Molly, why have you got your packed lunchbox in your bag? Because I was packed lunch today. Well, Mummy never packed you a packed lunch. Who packed you your packed lunch? I did it. She's five. I did it myself. <laughs> well, where was Grandad? Grandad was in the other room with Harry on the iPad playing a football game. <laughs> so what did you take for your lunch, Molly? I took an apple and a banana and I took um, raisins and I took, um, I think it was a packet of crisps. Oh, and I made a cheese sandwich. Well, all by yourself, you did that all on your own? Yes. So Vicky thought, well, I don't know if she's telling us the truth or not. So, hi Jenny, hi Sarah. So she thought, oh, you can go on the school apps now and see if they booked themselves in for a hot dinner or a pat lunch. This is Molly. He's told you the story, has he? Yeah. So anyway, she went on the school app and Molly hadn't had a hot dinner. Anyway, she said, when you take her to school this morning, can you just find out. She says, I feel terrible because I don't know what she put in that box. And they must have think, so I checked, oh yeah, she was a packed lunch. So she took it upon herself at five years old that she decided she was going to, where was Rob? Didn't have a clue. No idea whatsoever. He, when I got home last night, have you heard from him, Vicky? Do you know what they did? No. No, didn't have a So that little girl had been in the kitchen, it got all of that prepared. She's going to be Prime Minister, isn't she? <laughs> she could. No? Well, I, I don't know. How would Rob know? I mean, he was playing football on the iPad with his grandson. <laughs> I mean, that was a miracle in itself, wasn't it, eh? So Rob's been sacked. He is officially sacked from the school run and it's all on grandma's shoulders i thought it was hilarious i couldn't stop laughing thought it was hilarious she took it upon herself anyway she's back to hot dinners today <laughs> that's nothing to do with what what i believe that the spirit of god is saying but amen god is good what are you laughing at well that's different isn't it Bless them. Always a story. Okay, so this is what I believe tonight that God has said. 
We'll wait for Cal to come in. Are you Cal? God is good. Yeah? First of all, I believe that God is saying this to every single one of you, without exception. He has got faith in you. God has got faith in you. It is good, but not everybody believes it. I haven't always believed it. It's, it's important. God has got faith in you. Yeah? And he's asking a question. Aren't my dreams for you so much better than yours? Some of you are saying yeah. Aren't my dreams for you so much better than yours? The reply has got to be yes. They are so much bigger. They are so much better. They are beyond anything that we could even ask or even think. But it doesn't feel that way. God doesn't say that. His question is, aren't my dreams, yeah, for you so much better than what you think they might be? And the answer is yes, they're so much better. I heard an amazing testimony from a lady that you wouldn't know necessarily and neither did I, I didn't even know the organisation that she was a part of and I scribbled some notes down um, that she had said um, she was a lady called Natalie Williams, you can look her up, she's um, the chief exec of Jubilee and I heard her at this conference that I was at yesterday and it's a national Christian charity that seeks to equip Christians and churches to alleviate poverty. And her testimony went like this. She grew up in a really deprived area of Hastings. And she lived on the 16th floor of a council um, block of flats. She said, nowadays you call it the penthouse. <laughs> it was the top floor. She said, I told me mum that. And she said, oh yeah, she said, we lived in the penthouse, but it was nothing like a penthouse. And that's where they lived. And then they progressed from there to a small terraced house by the railway station. And apparently her mum still lives there. And um, so she grew up in poverty. She grew up, there were many um, brothers and sisters. And she says, now I live on my own in a lovely flat in Hastings, but I've chosen to live bang in the middle of a deprived area. She said, that's my choice. I've wanted to go and live back there. And she said, when I was a little girl, I was only seven years old, and I told my granddad that I wanted to write a book. So he suggested that I maybe thought about becoming a journalist first or something like that. And so that's what I did, she said. And she said she worked for the Reading Evening Post, then the Daily Mirror. Then she worked for some travel weekly. And, that, and that's what she did. And that's amazing in itself from the life that she had come from. You see, God had dreams for this girl. Yeah, you may not know about that tonight in your life, but I want to tell you, God's dreaming over you. God's got dreams for you. You just don't see it and you just don't get it sometimes. But his dreams are big. His dreams are good. His dreams are amazing. But you, you don't know what, what it's like. Do you know, 
there's a Bible full of people that God had dreams about. There's a Bible full, absolutely jam-packed full, but they only saw at that moment in time what they were in. Yeah? But God saw where they were going. Amen? And I heard this testimony from this lady, and it stirred something again in my heart yesterday. She could have stayed in poverty, in her mind, in her thinking, thinking, I'm only going to ever live the rest of my life on a, in a 16th floor council flat amongst poverty, amongst people of my own. But God took her from that and took her to university because at 15 years old, she found the Lord. And she went to church, but she struggled with church because the church that she was in, they were a middle-class group of people and they struggled to come alongside the working class. Yeah? They struggled to understand. And so she found God and, and he did transform her life and he took her out of that poverty. And she went to university and the story goes on, but she still struggled with church life because of how she had been brought up in what she had been in. But, and, and for a little while, she wandered away from God and she wandered away from church, but God drew her back in. And as he drew her back in, she realized what um, God was saying and what God was doing that in herself, it was quite a unique road that he had took her on and one of the things he started to show her was she didn't have to follow her family history I don't know what your history is yeah I don't know what your background is it may be good but you know there's a bible full here of people that didn't follow necessarily their family history yeah but broke free free and stepped out into the god plans and the god dreams and it revolutionized the world around them and their families. So she chose to go back to Hastings. And today, she's the chief exec of this massive company called Jubilee. It's a Christian organization that comes alongside people in poverty. She understands the grassroots, doesn't she? She knows exactly. And I tell you what. Her testimony was this, today I find Jesus more beautiful than I've ever known. Today I find Jesus as he's walked through the valley because of my valleys, because of the seasons that he's brought me through. I understand mercy and I understand grace and I understand the beauty of Jesus. And I tell you what, there wasn't a dry eye in that conference room. Because what we saw was not just what she was telling us. What we saw was the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God broke through. And I want to tell you tonight, I don't know what your journey is like or what it looks like. But I know one who can break through. I know one who can break through the hardest, the most difficult situation. I have heard testimony after testimony just this last couple of days. And, and, and these people are in significant places now. That may, that may not be your journey, but, but, but for them, I thought, God, I can just see why they've walked the road they've walked because of where you're, you're brought. You see, we think our lives go from mess to mess. 
God says, I'm taking you from glory to glory. Yeah, think about your own life. He's taking us from glory to glory. But we've got some decisions on route. We've got to decide whether we're going to walk beside God. You know, do you believe tonight that what God's got for you is bigger than what you're thinking right now sat in your seat? Because I'm telling you it is. I'm telling you tonight it is. I don't know how deep you might be in whatever you're in that is causing you concern tonight. I don't know how, if, if you can think big enough to dream God's dreams. I don't know, but I want to tell you that by the Spirit of God, God's dreams are so much bigger than ours. There's a Bible full. There's a Bible full. Every story I read, every victory that was won, began in the valley. You tell me, you tell me a story that didn't. You, you take me in the word and show me somewhere that there wasn't the valley before there was the victory. You tell me somewhere where somebody didn't think they were worthless and the giant was too big. You show me somewhere where they thought they could do it. Show it to me. It's not there. Because every one of them had to know the beauty of God, the loveliness of Jesus in their mess. And you see, when that happened and the Spirit of God came upon them and changed their lives forever and transformed them, they were able to go out and they were able to win nations. They were able to win their world. Did they have all the answers? No. Did they have every prayer answered? No. Did it mean that everything was on their side? No. It meant that it was tough. But it meant that they found their God. They found their God. There was another, and I'm talking about this conference again, because I was so blessed by it. There was another organization, and I just loved the name of this organization. And God was just speaking to me by his spirit continually. The name of the organization, another Christian one, was called Imagine If. Wow, isn't that loaded? Isn't that loaded? That's the name of the organization. They're working in Liverpool amongst people that are without hope. People who are lost, people who haven't got answers, people who are, are so grieving and so hurting and in such a state. Imagine if. Tonight, can you imagine if? Can you imagine if? I don't know what your world is looking like, but imagine if. Imagine if the Holy Spirit came in and turned your life upside down, inside out and round about. Imagine if, imagine if God saved your family. Imagine if God entered into that circumstance, that situation. Imagine if, and God says that he's our revelation and he can do even more than we can imagine or even think. But you're not in my shoes, Wendy Cliff. No, I'm not in your shoes. But I am telling you, I'm serving the same God as you. I've got the same answers in this word that you got. I've been through enough pain in my own walk to know that without God, I'm nothing. 
I've had enough times of being so low I could have walked away. But the God of grace and the God of mercy, just like that CEO who stood and gave her testimony, I could identify because her God is my God. And he came and took me out of the miry clay and he changed my life forever. And if he hadn't changed mine in Rob's life, where would my children be today? Think about it, people. Think about what I'm saying. Your journey would have been a different one. But even in the toughness, you got God. Even in the hard times, you got God. Even in the good times, you got God. Because we made a decision. Tell me where it says it's different in here. Generations. Generations. It's generational. Yeah? Yeah, when Abraham said, I'm going to give my life to God, I'm going to follow you. Then his family came after. When Moses said, I'm going to trust God, I'm going to lead these, 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 these Israelites out of Egypt into the promised land. Do you think that he thought, oh yeah, that's dead easy. Read it, read it. He was shaken, he was fearful, he lost much, but he gained so much more. Yeah, yeah. What's your testimony tonight? I've come out of an atmosphere of testimonies of people I never met in my life before. Two days. I want to tell you, you know, I didn't know, ha I didn't know half of the people in that. I, I didn't know three quarters of the people in that room. But I knew the Spirit of God. And I could feel the Spirit of God. And I could talk to the stranger that I didn't know and know that the Spirit of God was in them and they had a testimony. I want to tell you, God is moving in our land. And we've got to get ourselves out of these walls. These walls are to encourage us and to build us up and to edify us. But I want to tell you, there is stuff going on out in our world that is so wonderful and so amazing. Imagine if. And you know, I was humbled on so many levels over this last couple of days. You know, there's something about working with vulnerable people that not many people sign up to. Not many people do. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that for any sort of promotion, but I want to tell you, it's where Jesus walked. I want to tell you the stories of hope that will rock your boat. And make you really realize that our God reigns. That our God is transforming lives. Our own CEO of our company on lots of money. And, you know, she got a big, big job. She deserves every penny. I wouldn't want it. Amazing. And she stood and she shared with us. Because our theme is about belonging and our theme for safe families is about hope. And our theme is that God transforms. And our theme is that we'll come beside the unlovable and we'll stay with them and we'll walk with them and we'll talk with them. And it takes time. It takes hours of commitment. And our CEO stood. And do you know what she does? Not only does she plan and plot the path of the way that the company should go, and the things that we need to do in deals with money beyond anything I could even, even imagine so that we can all take along and do these things. 
she volunteers. And she's come alongside three families. And we say we haven't got time. And one of the families that she's come alongside, her husband suddenly dropped dead in January. And she stood there with tears rolling down her face, saying it's been the hardest walk that she's ever had to walk in, walking alongside somebody. But I want to tell you, she's been Jesus in that situation. And she's walked with the grief and she's walked with the pain and she's walked with the struggle. You see, this is the God of the Bible. We can talk about faith. We can talk about all the things that we want to talk about. But I want to tell you, the most privileged place to be is to be, what Je be where Jesus was when he walked this earth. When he walked alongside, and he came down, and he comes into our mess. And it is messy. And he says, I've got big dreams for you. I've got dreams beyond anything that you could imagine. Just imagine if. And I want to tell you, we had stories of hope all through this last couple of days of of lives that have been changed simply because there was somebody that came alongside and they imagined if. Imagine if we could turn this around for you. Imagine if we could help you to do that. Imagine if, if and I want to tell you, God is moving by his spirit and it's, and it's good. And it's the God that I read about in the Bible. You see, David was a shepherd boy. A menial task, important, but he was a shepherd boy. Did he know that day, those days in the field, he was going to be King David? But God had a dream. Yeah? God had the dream ever before David did, that he would come from there to there. The same with Joseph, thrown in a pit. How could Joseph have had a dream in that pit that he was going to be made into something amazing in God that would reach the nation? Read the word. Read the word in its reality, in its truthfulness. And the same God today. It's the same God. It's the same God who's transforming lives. The same God. Yeah, we're going to sing that in a minute. But it's the same God. And I've been reading this word of late thinking, God, you're the same God. You're the same God. He answered prayers back then. He's answering prayers now. Yeah? The same God. And he's got a dream over your life. I want to tell you, Tonight, God tells our story differently than what we would. God tells your story differently than we would. I want to tell you that tonight. Because what God, what God sees is, is beauty amongst the ashes. You've yet to see some of that. But he does bring beauty from ashes. And God, he sees that. 
He sees that. He's written your story. Yeah? He's written it. And he's cheering you on. And that's why I began tonight by saying God's got faith in you. And some of you said, yeah, yeah. You haven't got a clue what you're saying, some of you. The faith that God has gotten you is got in you is beyond anything you can even see today, that you can even know today, that you can even understand today, because it's by revelation. And when you're in the valley, then it's by faith that you've got to praise and worship Him. That's the only way. I don't feel like this, God. I'm hating this, what I'm in right now. I don't want to be like I am right now. And as you pray for others and you see what they're in and what they're walking through, how, God, are you going to bring something out of this? But I want to tell you, as God is committed to us and we are committed to them, God will tell the story his way. And it's a different story. And it's time to let go of your past. I'm telling you people, let it go. Let go of your past. Yeah, lay aside, it says in the word. Lay it aside, those things that are holding you back. Because God's written your story and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I want to tell you tonight, it's more beautiful than you, you could ever imagine. And this, the good news of salvation says this. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. How can you heal the brokenhearted if your heart hasn't been broken? How can you do it? You can't. It's impossible. It's impossible. You heal the brokenhearted because you know that God's healed your broken heart. You know that God's transformed your life and made something beautiful out of you. And then, do you know what? You don't even, even have to have your arm bent to go and do it. You just do it. It's who you are. It's who you are. To proclaim liberty to the captives, that's my thing. I want to see freedom for people. If there's one thing that I hate it seeing people bound when I know they can be free. Yeah? When I know that God has got the power to transform, he wants to proclaim liberty to the captives. You look, we're looking for a word tonight, Alison. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound, she knows what I'm talking about. To proclaim the, you're not going to prison, by the way, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all, of, all those who mourn. There is a comfort, there's a supernatural something that takes place from the Spirit of God, and comfort can be for any reason whatsoever. It can be through loss, it can be because of sin, it be, can be because of a hundred and one things. But I want to tell you that God says to you tonight, He's come to comfort you, comfort those who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, 
the planting of the Lord. Say to me tonight, I'm a tree of righteousness. Say to me tonight, I'm a tree of righteousness. Do you know what that is? Do you know what a tree of righteousness is? It talks about strength and it talks about stability. Yeah? It's a message of hope in spite of when we were inducted into the ministry many, many, many years ago. Um, the man that did the induction prophesied over Rob. And he said that he, this man, would be a tree of righteousness. I want to tell you, if you don't already know it, this man is a tree of righteousness. And you know what else he said? I would grow under the shadow of those branches, and I've grown under his shadow. I've learned, because I want to tell you men, rise up and be men. Because when you rise up and be the men that God is dreaming that he wants you to be, you will be a covering for your wife and for your family. That's what the word says. That was spoken over my husband many years ago, and I have took shelter under his wings at times. And I know God is the one over all. But there is, read the word. See what it says about submitting to God. Submitting to your husbands. Submitting to one another. Submitting to the leaders in the church. You see, when you do all of those things, you are blessed. You are blessed. Yeah? Is it my idea? Absolutely not. It's God's. It's God's idea. But I want to tell you, when God speaks a word of anointing, we had no idea, but God had a dream. God had a dream. We couldn't see it. There has been occasions when we could have walked away. And we were close. But by the mercy and by the grace of God, he said something different. Yeah. I want to tell you when God speaks over your life, it's your choice whether you continue in that. You realize that, don't you? God's got a dream, but it's your choice whether you engage with it through thick and thin, yeah, in sickness and in health, through the good times and the bad times, it's our choice. But God calls us oaks. That's what he sees, you see. We see the mess. We see the pain. We see the suffering. We see all the things that we get wrong. And we don't do right. Yeah, God says, I see oaks of righteousness. Yeah? Because God looks at us through the eyes of Jesus. And he says, you're oaks of righteousness. And you're strong in me. And we won't be shaken. That's what it means. 
that they may be called oaks or trees of righteousness. You know, from the beginning of time, a tree has been a symbol of life. (laughs) And God shows us that through our brokenness, we can be a symbol of life, eh? What? But I'm broken and my dreams have been dashed. They might have been to you, but God's dreams haven't been dashed for you. I want you to get it tonight, people. His dreams for you have not been dashed, have not been cast aside. Do you think that he's surprised by what's happening in your life? And round about you know his dreams for you are often birthed out of brokenness. Are often brought to fruition through the difficulties. You know, Our hope tonight has got to be that God is greater than our difficulties. Yeah? That's our hope. That's our testimony. That's what people around us will look at in spite of. Even though our hope is that God is greater than our difficulties. He is mighty. You see, if our foundation is to stand, then we've got to experience some tough things. Things like great anxiety, overwhelming sadness, intense pain, life's trials, because it's the trials, yeah? It's the storms that show us the status of our faith. God already knows the status of our faith. We don't always know it. Yeah? But it's the storms and the difficulties that will show us that. And that's when we can say, when we have the revelation that we understand, and when we understand that actually my life is hid with Christ in God, and he is my rock. Yeah? He is my rock. Without him, I am nothing. (coughs) The oak tree, it said, is the only tree that remains (coughs) in the toughest of storms. Yeah? (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) The greatest difficulty. Do you feel like he's pruning you? (coughs) (coughs) Do you feel it stormy? So you'll stand. And it's so that you'll understand. And that was the other prophecy that was spoken over 
Rob many years ago, that his roots would go down deep. Unless our roots go down deep, we don't stand. Unless our roots go down deep into the soil of God's word. That's, that's what our roots have got to be. Because you will understand then. It, it will make you realize that the prosperity gospel that is often preached about on God TV has disappointed so many people. Because when the storms have come, their roots haven't been in this. And it doesn't mean that God's not a God of prosperity. He is a God of prosperity. But we've got to have the balance of the word of God. Yeah? Because if we don't have that, we become disappointed. And many, many, many walk away. That's the truth. I want to be somebody that people look at and say... Okay, shh, it might have been hard, it might have been tough, but actually, would they ask me the question? How can you still believe? We, we have had it asked of us. How can you still believe when that's happened? Yeah? Because our roots go down into the word of God and the word of truth. And in the storm and in the difficulty, your focus isn't on the storm and the difficulty. It may be for a while, but God is training our eyes to look to him. And as he trains us to look to him, we start to realize that he's the all-important one. And this is about him and it's always been about him. It's never not been about him. And he loves us so much. And his mercy and his grace is poured out into our lives in such a way that we are able to stand when everything around us says otherwise. You see, when something comes against your life, you've got two choices in that moment. You either believe what you're seeing and what you're hearing or you believe God. That's the stark reality. That's your choice. That's my choice. I either got to believe that God is in this. Yeah? And he's so, so wanting to turn things around for good to line them up with his plans and his dreams for my life, which feel as if they've gone down the tubes. Yeah? i got a choice. And who I come in agreement with in that moment will determine my next phase that I walk through. Because if we agree with anything that God hasn't said in his word, then we are coming into agreement with the enemy of our soul. And we've got to stay in agreement with God and repent if we don't. God, I'm sorry because what you've got for my life, you've given me a hope and a future. You are beautiful. And I'm going to see your beauty in this situation. And I want to tell you, when you're in a valley, it is the time that we need to guard our hearts and guard our minds because the enemy looks for an entrance. 
And the minute he finds one, boy, you'll know it. Yeah? You'll know it. Because we've all been there. But God is beautiful. And God is amazing. And God has given us his grace and his love and he's given us people around us. Look for the oaks of righteousness when you're in that time. And make sure you run there to God first. But I want to tell you, oaks of righteousness have got branches. And they'll cover you. They'll stand by you. They'll protect you from the heat of the day until they see that you can come through to a place. Yeah? That you can stand. God doesn't leave us alone. I want to tell you, oaks of righteousness are enduring and they're steady. If you feel pressed on every side, take heart. Because oak trees stand and they survive. They are the tree that is known to stand for years and years and years and years and years and years and years against all the odds. Yeah? And that's what God is doing in us. You know, I've been, I, I, I was aware that I've been speaking the last couple of weeks and, and, and it's not by chance about how the enemy is coming against. And I know how the enemy has been coming against in certain situations. And tonight I was determined to make sure that actually... Provided we keep our focus on Jesus, provided we are submitting to his word, provided we are staying under the shadow of the wing of our God, then no enemy can harm us. He can try, but he cannot harm us. But it's a choice. It's a choice. And it's not by chance that the last two weeks I have been speaking about resisting the enemy in our life. Yeah? Because that's what we've got to do. We've got to resist him. Because look, the, and what I said to you last week was this. On the one hand, we are not a people that sees the enemy behind every bush. But maybe he is. We are not a people that um, spend lots of time speaking about the enemy of our soul. But we need to understand him and know him and know his wiles and know his strategies. And the three things to remember is that he's out to rob us of our joy. He wants to steal from us. He's a thief, yeah? He wants to destroy and he wants to kill. Now, that tells me that that is not somebody we mess with. Yeah? Yeah? But we have to recognise that he's out to do those things. Yes, in your life. Yes, in your life. Every believer's life. Read the word. Get your roots down. Yeah? 
because we need to be able to stand. Amen? And that doesn't mean that we go around expecting something to happen and something bad to happen. Don't go, unless God has given you clearly something, then we're not to do that. The word teaches us we are to think on things that are true and lovely and of a good report. Be careful. And I'm saying it because do you know what's been happening? I've been seeing things happen. We've been seeing things happen. And the enemy wants to take us off guard. He wants us to not be trees of righteousness. But our God is building his church. He's building a people that will stand. Yeah? And the storms of life will not take them out when their eyes are opened to what God is saying and what he is doing. Because we're standing on the rock, Christ Jesus. And if we spend all of our time dwelling on badness and the stuff that... You see, that's what, that's what it means, that when we're in a valley, the whole time we're in a valley, that our natural instinct is our heads to be down. Yeah? And God is training us to lift our eyes to him. To him. It says in, in, in Hebrews, there's a whole chapter on faith. Hebrews chapter 11. I love it. I read it again today. Whole chapter on, you know, that tells you the story of people that walk through some storms. That tells you it is it really, really is. Yeah? And it says, after that wonderful chapter of Hebrews 11, which talks, as I said, about those, you know, that were in faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Imagine if. I just don't use the New King James words. Imagine if. Imagine if. Imagine if, imagine if, that's what it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, but imagine if, imagine if, and it says, tells us how we're to do it, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. No other way. There's no other way. Don't look at what's happening in their life or their life or their life. Don't compare. It's not a competition. But we've made it one. I don't understand why some people seem to get things harder in their life than others. But I don't weigh those things out. 
I don't dish that out. God doesn't necessarily dish it out either, but he knows, because his dreams for you are big. And if he wants you to walk through something so that you will be a tree of righteousness, yeah, and you won't shake and be all over the place in a storm, then you've got to walk that walk looking unto Jesus because there ain't no other way. I've not found another way. I've tried other ways. Believe me. But there's no other way. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's our example. And he said, Jesus himself, when he went to the cross, he did it for the joy that was set before him. Have we ever had to walk that path that Jesus walked? But God had the dream. God knew that that walk was going to lead to resurrection life, not just for those around on that day, but for you and me. God's dream's enormous. It's so big, it's encompassed the world. And whosoever will may come. He despised, it says, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Huh. I want to tell you, God is amazing. Imagine if. Imagine if. You've got to start imagining if your children came to know Jesus. Imagine if. I do that. Imagine if. I've got one son. We've got one son not in the kingdom, but I imagine if. I want to tell you I imagine if. Because I see in him the gift of God. Do you do that with your, your children? Imagine if. Imagine if. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I've got to imagine if. I speak Jesus for my family. You know, we've got to make a stand for our family. And when we see that enemy coming against, or we see them making maybe bad choices, bad decisions, we've got to stand and say, God, I want to line up with your dream. I'm lining up with your dream for my family. I'm lining up with what you've got for their lives. How about the scripture that says that me and my household will be saved? How are you lining up with that one tonight? I speak Jesus for my family, but it might look ugly. It might look painful. It might look tough, but I'm a tree of righteousness. And on my watch, I will stand. Without judgment. That's our challenge. That's our challenge. Without judgment. I will stand. Because I want to tell you tonight, you could be the lifeline for that family member. 
You could be the one, the only one that stands in the gap. We sing it. Speak Jesus for my family. But how often do we do it? How often are we... You know, I am seeing... I've been seeing it here in Plymouth, but I have been seeing God move in families. Stories of hope coming out of my ears for the last two days. The most shocking of situations. And they've been won by love and consistency and a decision that that person that's walked beside them isn't giving up on them because they expect you to give up on them. You know that, don't you? Vulnerable people who keep making the same mistakes, expect us to give up. How do you not give up looking unto Jesus? Looking unto Jesus. And his grace and his mercy gets poured. It's time-consuming, it is. It takes you out of your comfort zone, it does. It's unsociable hours, it is. But God says, if you will give yourself, then he comes alongside and he gives of himself. And I'm telling you the stories of hope all over this land. God's got his people working in every area, in every place. I've discovered that afresh this last couple of days. He's in places that you would never imagine him to be in. And he's working and he's moving. God's got a plan and it's bigger. It's bigger than these four walls. I want to tell you, it's big. It's so big it would blow your socks off. If you could hear and know what God is doing through pain, through mess, through difficulties transforming lives. Have you been transformed by the Spirit of God? Then go transform others by the same Spirit that lives in you. Because I want to tell you, and do you know something? We have learned this precious lesson over the years. Because for the most of our ministry life, it has been sowing into others. And I want to tell you, God's looked after our family. Big time. Big time. And he will still look after them. Because you can't outgive God. Never, ever can you outgive. And this culture in this world that we live in are telling us to do things and, 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 and you know, and, and don't do this and don't... I want... I want to tell you, listen to the Spirit of God. Because his plan and his purpose is so amazing, but it won't fit with the world's. It'll be different. Because the world is saying, you know, you've got to spend, you've got to spend time doing this, you've got to spend time doing that. You mustn't, you mustn't. Just do it God's way. Do it God's way. And I want to tell you, you will reap a reward. Every time you come to the word, look at the transformation. Look at God's dream for the person. I mean, Moses, he should have been written off in the bulrushes. But God had a big dream. And Pharaoh's daughter heard him crying. 
And then God had an even better plan. His own mum that birthed him nursed him. Isn't it amazing? But I'm hearing stories like this. Not that particularly. But I'm hearing stories like this. Don't tell me that it was any different because it's in the word. He should have been dead. He should have been gone. Yeah? But God's got a dream. He's got a plan for your life. And I want to tell you, when you get it, when you grasp it, he'll tell your story differently. The way I would tell my story is not the way God tells it. I know that for sure. Because you see, I know the muck. I know the mess. I know the things I've got wrong. I know the stuff I could have done better. God don't tell my story like that. And if you're hearing a story about me that's different than what God's telling, then say to the person, shut up. Yeah? Yeah? For one another? Because God's done something. Yeah? And it's amazing. And God's got a dream over your life. And I, it's not about age. Look, if he can speak to me, and tell me that I'm not allowed to retire and I've still got work to do, then he's still got a dream, hasn't he? I took a little while to catch up to it, but I want to tell you I've caught up to it and I am being humbled. Humbled in a way that is just incredible with the work that God has called me into. It's incredible. That's where I see God. In the toughest, in the hardest places. Working with people who've got no hope. Don't know how they can get out of it. What they're in. We've got a story of a lady in Plymouth who was, who was a single mum. She was without everything. had been took away from her. I can't tell you the whole story. But I want to tell you she's up and on her feet now. And after nearly a year, she's, she's opened up her own business. She's back. That's God. That's God. And that's the worker that came alongside and didn't give up on her when she didn't answer the phone. And she didn't reply to her text messages. And she said, oh, no, I can't meet you today. And blew her out more times than she'd meet with her. But she never gave up that worker because God was in her. And that worker believed that that woman could be transformed and that family could be transformed. And guess what? They've been transformed. Amen? Amen? And even better now, they're asking about God. I want to tell you, it takes time, it takes patience, it takes determination. But God's got all those things because he's done that for me. He's done it for me. He's poured his grace, he's poured his mercy. He hasn't given up on me. And if he's not given up on me, then we can't give up on others. We've got to keep going for Jesus' sake. We used to sing that in the Slavish Army, didn't we? For Jesus' sake, this is my motivation. For Jesus' sake, who came to seek and save, all I can give is deeper dedication. For Jesus' sake, who gave and gave and gave, who tonight is saying, I can't give anymore. Jesus gave and gave and gave. For Jesus' sake, this is my motivation. I can't go again. For Jesus' sake, I can't.
can go again. He gave. Can you just play same God for us? Um, Dave, please. I want to tell you, he's the same God. There's a line in, in this song that says he answered prayers back then. He's answering them today. Yeah, you've come in with prayers. You've come in with requests. I want you to pray your prayers as we're singing this song. If you want prayer, just come and stand in the middle. You haven't even got to tell us what you want praying for. Because I'm telling you tonight, the Holy Spirit knows. Yeah? And I believe the Spirit of God is upon us. We can pray for one another. Yeah? Because the Spirit of God is... doesn't matter how long we've been saved. The Spirit of God is upon us. Yeah? And he's saving. He's changing. It's different tonight. I knew it was going to be different tonight. And I couldn't even get a word formed together. And I just had to speak to you from my heart. Because I know that God said this to me. That he has got big dreams for your life. Yeah? But I'm old. <laughs> He's got big dreams for your life. But my life isn't what it was. It's took a different path. But he's got dreams for your life. But I'm young. And I've given up. But he's got dreams for your life. If you're sat in the room tonight, you're in the life meeting. He's got dreams for your family members, for your neighbours, for your colleagues, for people that you're working alongside. I don't know what you're doing in the way of serving Jesus. What does that look like for you? For Jesus' sake. This is my motivation. I don't know what serving Jesus looks like for you, but in these days, he's called us to serve him. Whatever that looks like for you, yeah? He's looking for you, to, and I tell you, you can't outgive God, because he gave and he gave and gave, yeah? And I tell you, there's stories of hope out there. As you sow your life, I tell you what, we've got so many stories of hope, me and Rob, where we've sown ourselves into other people. See, you don't ever just sow the word. You sow yourself. You sow, sow everything about you, everything you are, with all you are. Yeah? Out of joy. Yeah? And people know. And people know, you're not just, you, you see, <laughs> the word itself will kill you. But the word in the spirit brings life. Yeah? Yeah? And people are looking for the life of Jesus in us. They can see it, they'll see it in your eyes. I've had that said to me before, you know. How do you know? I just know. Yeah, but I know that you know. How do you know? Well, how do you know that I know? Because I can see it in your eyes. They see Jesus. They see Jesus. For Jesus' sake. What's your motivation tonight? 